Welcome back, everybody. It's the Montana Mint Sports Podcast. It's been over a year since we've seen real FCS football. It's been over a year since Montana Mint Sports Podcast has been out. It's been a year since Barrick Tycoon and I talked. We went through a real rough patch during the pandemic, but we're back. It's great to be back, man. Holy smokes. It is. It's great to be back. It's great to have football on the horizon. We are less than a week out from the beginning of the real FCS season, the real Big Sky Conference season. It is just, uh, it's going to be a fun year. You don't know what you've got until it's gone to take a page out of the Counting Crows playbook there. Um, And I'm just excited. You can tell I hope in my voice and my enthusiasm. And it's good to see you again, too. It's nice to be able to talk to you again. Yeah, great to see you. We've added Zoom in to our recording uh, practices, so we do get to see each other while doing this. It's a nice Nice twist. And yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a long time. I think the last Montana Mint Sports episode we put out was in December of 2019 for the Cats playoff game. And it's just super weird to be back. Montana Mint Podcast Network, we've done a lot of different stuff there. Yeah, we still got the Grizz Fan Pod going. Those guys are crushing it. The number one podcast in the state of Montana. And we also release some new podcasts people should check out. Uh, Montana Trivia Championship. That was a pandemic quarantine a fun one. project. Uh, big, April 2020. Yeah, big trivia championship all about the great state of Montana. Uh, Montana Murder Mysteries, Notorious Unsolved. That was a new podcast we put out with author Brian D'Ambrosia. One fun fact from there, uh, we named one of the episodes, Do You Want to End Up Like Nelson McNair, who is this kid who was murdered in in Livingston. Um, there's accusations that the police may have been involved with that. And we posted the episode title on Facebook and we got lots of messages with people thinking uh, that we were threatening them if they didn't listen to the podcast that they oh, were wow. going to end up like Nelson McNair. But in fact, that was something the police told his family. Little, little clickbait. Little clickbait and uh, an unintentional threat to our listeners. Um, and <laughs> And then the new podcast we have coming out with reporters, Matt Newman and John Hooks, Land Grab, landgrabpodcast.com. It's all about kind of the weird history of housing prices and land disputes in Montana. Pretty timely with houses going yeah. for 700 grand in Bozeman. Um, but check that out. They have one episode out. They are crowdsourcing for the rest of the season. So go throw them a few bucks if you can. Land yeah. grab, landgrabpodcast.com. But other than that, man, it's football season. Stoked got a slew of games coming up on thursday got the full slate uh coming up this weekend and we're ready to rock we are ready to rock and one more we we would uh, be remiss if we didn't thank laney lou and the bird dogs for playing yep. us in like they have now for the fourth year sounds right Four sounds right laney lou. they got a new they have a new album out called through the smoke so check that out they're actually playing uh in whitefish uh coming up friday september 3rd so what a better way if you're up in that area to kick off the fcs football season than go and seeing them at the great northern bar and i think they're in uh, that weekend um, of Memorial Day, they're actually going to be in uh, Idaho and then Bozeman uh, the week when Montana State has their first home game. So Lenny Lou is going to be around. Check them out. Go see them. They're amazing. Uh, just a great Montana band who's getting a lot more recognition. So I think that's our shout outs, right? That's all of our shout outs. That's our housekeeping, if you will. I think so. And I guess one more thing, regardless of where you see Lenny Lou and the Bird Dogs or any band this weekend or weekends in the future, you now have one consolidated place where you can watch 90% of the Big Sky Conference games. Uh, the Big Sky Conference, since we recorded last, signed a deal with ESPN. All of the games will be on ESPN+. Plus. 
but for a few a few small exceptions all the root sports games will also be streaming on espn plus huge shout out to commissioner commissioner worcester sill and uh, uh dan satter from the conference uh this is a long time coming uh pluto tv nice knowing you you've served your purpose but we're moving on to greener pastures with espn uh as two uh, Montana, Montana State fans that live outside of the state of Montana, finding these games sometimes was impossible. Um, and so it's this is a, a huge pickup for for the conference and for our little podcast here. Yeah, we're super excited uh, about the ESPN partnership. I know that uh, it does come with a monthly fee like anything does these days if you're trying to stream something. Yes, Pluto was a free platform for the games. But having that ESPN logo next to your games makes it feel that much more legit. You know, uh, Pluto was really not well known outside of the <laughs> Big Sky Conference yeah. uh, fans, I don't think. I mean, uh, I don't know if I ever went on there and watched anything but Big Sky Conference uh, basketball, football, um, you know, maybe sprinkling a little volleyball there when it was on. Uh, but uh, it's going to be just awesome to have it on ESPN. And, you know, we don't have all of the details of what kind of production value it's going to do. I know they're going to try and come up with some standards there. They're going to try and uh, get the production values up a little bit better than they were on Pluto. But I think just the infrastructure and the, um, the, the system that ESPN has in place, it's going to just make it that much more fun to watch. It's going to be able to uh, get the conference out there. Uh, to probably some people that don't really watch a lot of big sky football and just going to be way easier to watch. And I'm super excited about all those roots games, simulcasting on ESPN yeah. plus where if you didn't have root in your TV package, you had to go find like a Buffalo wild wings or someplace that would put root sports yeah. Northwest or whatever it was on, which was a pain in the ass. So it's going to be awesome to have uh, the streaming availability um, of all big sky games on that ESPN plus platform. Streaming plus uh, all the games are archived, which is another big thing where if there's a game you wanted to watch happening simultaneously, you want to go back and rewatch it. You have that ability, which is super cool. But yeah. All right. So with our, I think what we want to do, I mean, Nate and I, uh, we did not really watch the spring season. We watched a couple games. Was there one? Yeah. It's, it's iffy, right? Um, we'll probably reference it and the 2019 season simultaneously as last season. Um, we have never been big like off-season guys. We don't really track the, the recruits or you know uh, position battles of different teams. Uh, and so it's been a long time since we've been <laughs> focused on Big Sky football. It feels good to be back, but it also is something we're kind of easing ourselves into it. Uh, like yep. when you go back to the gym after a long absence, you got to kind of Take it slow at first. This episode is us taking it slow. We're going go to be sore tomorrow. Be very sore tomorrow. Our brains are going to hurt. Um, our tongues are going to hurt for how much talking we're doing. And we're going to try to go through every team. I think for every team, we're going to give a prediction on how many games we think they're going to win um, and just kind of talk through it. Before we get into those games, Nate, anything else to add? I think we've kind of covered all of our housekeeping. Yeah, I think that's the housekeeping for the most part. Um, I guess just... Uh, to summarize, we're excited. We're back. We're going to hopefully put out some good content. We've been listening. We've been doing our homework, though. We're not big off-season football guys, but we're off-season podcast guys where I think we did a lot of film work um, on listening to other podcasts. Maybe we've got um, some better cadences, some better material for everybody. I think this year is going to be a banner year for the Men's Sports Podcast. I think so, too. I, we're, we're coming for Grizz Fan Pod. We are. About that number we're, one. And spot. we'll get them. All right, so we put all the teams in the Big Sky in a random order generator, um, so we can kind of go through this with uh, with no biases uh, to start off. The first team 
uh, we are set to talk about. Is that how you say it? That's the plural of bias? Is biases? 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 Biasi? Maybe it's one of those things where you can just say whatever. Yeah. It's one of those things I don't know if I've ever said out loud. It's now weird that we've said it three times. Regardless, we're starting with Idaho. The Idaho Vandals, my adopted team for the spring season. Um, I think (laughs) I have a lot to say about Idaho. Um, But to start out, why don't we start with their out-of-conference schedule, which is just so charmingly stupid. And starts out with a Mint fan podcast favorite or mint sports podcast favorite they i forget who played them a few years ago it might have been idaho but simon frazier the canadian team uh that's week one d2 canadian team since we've last heard from simon frazier they have changed their mascot which which used to be the clan and the clansmen not not kkk related but something scottish related still not a good look in 2021 um, they have a super cool logo now where, uh, so now they don't have a mascot. It's a, it's an open competition. They have a cool logo where it's the the maple leaf on a good background with SF just looks super, super uh, clean. But they're, if you got time, maybe we'll put this in the show notes or tweet it out. The, the actual mascot that appears at games, like the Philly fanatic um, is, is this guy named dog McFogg. We talked about him a couple of <laughs> years ago he is one of the funniest looking mascots. He's a Scottish terrier that's ready to fight. Um, but the, the, the school has this insane history of, of their mascots, uh, uh, including a gorilla, uh, including the A&W bear. It, it, is, it is a treasure trove of fun. We'll put that up there, though, because I don't want to spend too much time on Idaho. Um, but they're out of conference schedule. Simon Fraser, a D2 school from Canada. Uh, and then they go at Indiana, at Oregon State. And then they have their bye week. Um, so I think looking at this, Going into October, Idaho will have zero FCS wins by definition, um, and they're only one, they'll probably be one and two uh, with their only one coming against a D two team. Pretty pathetic, also pretty on brand for Idaho. Um, but Nate, what what are you thinking about the Vandals? So Simon Fraser, I did go back and look, played Portland State in 2019, so the last right. full football season. They lost 70 to seven to <laughs> Portland State in route to a one and a one win season whatever, I don't know how many games they played that year, but included losses to just about everybody in the United States, South Dakota Mines, Azusa Pacific, Western Oregon, Dixie State, Central Washington, Western Oregon, Central Washington again. They played them twice, apparently. Simon Fraser, not a um, Canadian football powerhouse. They are um, not coming down to, um, is it Moscow or Moscow? No one knows. No one knows. They're not going to be coming down to Moscow, Moscow, and uh, stealing a win from Idaho, but then Idaho does go. Uh, to the Hoosier State to play basketball, um, former power Indiana, and then going over to Corvallis to play Oregon State. You're exactly right. They're going to be one and two coming in to their first game uh, of the Big Sky Conference slate on October 2nd at UC Davis um, up in Davis, California. So again, non-conference, they don't get anything that's going to help them make the playoffs this year. They don't get any FCS wins against you know any level of uh, FCS competition. So one and two coming in, they're going to have to win uh, quite a few conference games to get a spot in the FCS playoffs. Yeah, I mean, FBS wins are a great thing for your resume. They're not going to get one here. And FCS wins is what counts for the playoffs. They also won't have any going in October. Uh, Paul Petrino, over eight seasons, 30 and 59 at Idaho. Uh, they are, in the spring, they went two and four. They did beat Eastern Washington, a pretty exciting game. Uh, they snuck out. A, their other win was a very close game against a shitty Southern Utah team. 
Uh, coaches, media, both have them going eighth in the conference. I think that's pretty fair. I think that they just kind of on brand for Idaho, uh, the analyst.com um, in their Big Sky Conference preview of the team had their mascot listed as the Lumberjack. So oh, um, nice. not, not a lot of uh, love going for them. Um, and they have a big question at quarterback. There's a senior that UConn transferred. Um, he played in the in the in the spring. Did not look did not look great. And then uh, freshman CJ Jordan. From what I understand from the Tubbs at the uh, club guys um, and, and some things I've read said that this is an open quarterback competition that will not be settled until the bye week. And so they're just they've just accepted that for the first month of the season they're treating this as like nothing like having your quarterback competition be against a horrible d2 school where you and i could probably go throw for a couple yards um yeah and then uh you know two f uh, fbs teams uh, that's a tough uh that's a tough gauntlet to go through to try and win that starting job uh for the lumberjack vandals and you know i look back at their 2019 season yes i sorry their 2020 season the lost season the season that didn't really happen they did get that w against eastern washington 28-21 and uh, all of our uh you know tubs of the club guys were ecstatic you know idaho was the the new power in the big sky yep. uh, but then then uh you know they got the l at uc davis by 10 they had a postponement they did get a win against southern utah but then lost their last three idaho state eastern washington northern arizona so eastern came back and avenged their loss uh, from earlier in the season so uh, i don't think i mean you know, like you and I said, we didn't really follow a lot of it last year and didn't do a ton of research, um, you know, in the off season uh, leading up to this one. But, you know, I just don't see much changing from Idaho and kind of that middle of the pack. I have started watching F1 racing uh, because oh, there's yeah. that drive, drive to Survive documentary on Netflix and they call it a midfield team. Uh, so not your, you know, Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, but your, you know, Williams racing uh, down in the middle of the pack that uh, they're going to pick up some podiums here and there, but they're not going to be a threat to, you know, get to that, that championship by the end of the year. So I I call them my midfield team this year. All right. And I think, uh, you know, I want to do want to give a shout out to Trey Walker linebacker um, who is going to be awesome. He is going to have a a, a great year, all big sky preseason team, Buck Buchanan award watch winner on a few other, like all American uh, preseason teams. But looking at their schedule, they do have a, a, a pretty tough schedule. Uh, and I, I, and I, I wanted each of us to kind of choose a win total for each team. Um, I think Idaho is going to get four total wins, including one on Simon Frazier, uh, uh, and then probably like Southern Utah, Portland State, and then maybe sneak out one more. But I'm going four total wins. Nate, what do you got? What do you got for those Vandals? I have five for them. So I am getting Simon Frazier. I do think they'll beat them, obviously, but I'm going a win over Portland State, win over Northern Arizona, win over Southern Utah. And I think they're going to take home the rivalry game against Idaho State this year to give them those five wins. Uh, not enough to put them into the, uh, you know, the competition for a conference championship, five wins. They have a tough schedule. They do. They have uh, Eastern Washington in Cheney. They have the Grizz. Uh, at home, luckily for them. And then they have Montana State in Bozeman, three of the top, I mean, the three top, three of the four top schools yeah. uh, in the conference preseason they have to take on. And then they have their rivalry game on the road. So I do think they sneak out that game against Idaho State based on literally nothing, just kind of looking at their schedule. Like, I have no insight on that game or Idaho State at all. I just think they're going to win. So you heard it here first. Okay, five wins. That's a big prediction for Idaho. Um, and let's move on to the next team in the random generator, which was Eastern Washington. The farewell tour. We're assuming this is Eastern Washington's last season as an FCS program. It's been fun. 
uh, having them in the big sky, but um, you know, farewell tour for, for Eastern Washington. Um, I actually, so putting together out of conference, we talk about this every season. It is a difficult thing to do. Um, I love that they have a shitty FBS team on their, on their, that's like, this is what teams should be doing. They're playing at UNLV. Um, they're playing in the Raiders stadium, the brand new Allegiant stadium. Down Luckily it's indoors. I was going to say that's going to be a hot, yeah, but yeah, that's a, that's a cool experience for them to get in to a go super down there and cool stadium. It'll feel empty. So that's advantage Eastern Washington. They're not used to playing in front of crowds. Um, but at the Sagarin ratings, UNLV is ranked 125 Eastern Washington, 128. So these are pretty like, this is a winnable game. This is winnable. Them. Yeah. Um, um, and I mean, great way to go out, um, get an FBS win at UNLV, um, the last time they beat, uh, FBS team, they beat Washington state in 2016, number 25, Oregon back in 2013. Um, but out of conference, so they have at UNLV, they play D2 central Washington. Um, and then they play at Western Illinois, but, uh, there's a pretty big difference in, in the Sagarin rating there. We also add to the list of things we don't really follow Nate, um, non big sky programs. So oh, yeah. horrible at it. Western Illinois is ranked 185. Uh, when you compare that to a big sky conference team, uh, that's you're getting into like the, the, uh, Idaho state, Portland state, um, uh, uh, range of teams. Um, so very winnable there. They'll get an FCS win, maybe an FBS win, uh, to, to start the season, you know, not the ranked number three in the coaches, number three in the media poll. They have some national rankings. Uh, there's a lot of hype for this team going into their last season. They have, you know, Eric Barrier. Yeah, somehow all, still in the I mean, league. Somehow he's been there for 20 years, it seems like. He's been there forever. So um, he's on the Walter Payton Award Watch, the Hero Sports first team, preseason All-American first team. It, he's he's a talent, obviously. Yeah, 13 Quarterback you up there. So let me ask you this, though, because he does have all of these like accolades behind him and and he is probably like one of the most exciting players in the big sky. He clearly has aspirations to go play pro football. Why, why isn't he at a different school? If the, if I mean, he, you have with that you, transfer, wait, wait, with the transfer portal opening up. Yeah. The transfer portal is completely open. There's no penalty for going like to me. Is he, is it a loyalty thing or was no one interested in, in picking up Barrier for uh, one more year? I mean, you have to look at the quarterbacks that have come out of the big sky and transferred up and yeah, none of them have really helped their draft stock in any sort of way where, you know, we had Prukop going to Oregon, playing a few games, getting benched for Herbert, I believe. I think it was Herbert. Um, maybe who knows? It was Oregon. Yeah. He got benched for somebody. We had uh, Vernon Adams going over to Oregon as well. Not really helping his draft stock. I think he went to the Canadian football league, just like Prukop did. We had uh, the Weber State's quarterback from a couple of years ago. Remind me his name. No one knows. Jake something. Jake Constantine. Was it Jake Constantine? Did he transfer? <laughs> Someone transferred from Weber State. He went up to, I think, Wazoo, and then now he's over. Uh, oh, that sounds somewhere. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let us know, Weber State Weekly, guys. Yeah, let us know who that was. Um, you know, you've had all and, – and then we just watched uh, – Nebraska versus Illinois yesterday and Sam Torrey went over to Nebraska from U of M. Yeah. Had a and pretty quiet game. 
had a quiet game, but that Nebraska offense is horrible. Nebraska yeah. is going to be horrible. Like what, what was, I, I get wanting to go to that FBS. It's a dream of, of players to go and play at that level, obviously, but uh, I just don't know if it helps the draft stock when they can really perform well in FCS, get that, you know, you get, they will find you. We've seen that yeah. with different players, with different Cooper Cup. quarterbacks, Cooper cup, they'll find you. Yeah. And so I think, you know, with Barry A, it may be one of those things. He saw the track record of everybody else that had moved up. He may be better suited for the Eastern Washington uh, system, their offense, this level, and can show what he can do there and, and hopefully get some uh, time up there in the NFL and, and, and get that um, – just get, get to be able to show it off in his comfort zone. Yeah. So I think that may be one big thing is you just look at the track record of the big sky guys who have, who have moved up and hasn't been super successful in really changing the trajectory of their careers. Yep. Um, other thing about Eastern, they, they have a tough schedule, but they, to the extent that they have any home field advantage, um, they, they get Montana, Weber state and Montana state. Those are all home games for the Eagles, which, which should help them. And when we look at kind of their, their total number of wins this year, obviously central Washington will be a win. Um, and I'm going to put them, man, I'm going to put them at eight, eight total wins. You, eight, eight, I, eight total wins. And I also think they're going to beat UNLV, but I think they're going to stumble in the big sky conference. So mark me down for FBS win eight total. Wow. Wins. So I had a loss at UNLV, but I do have eight total wins and some of them could probably be interchangeable where they may stumble on one and, and get one that I don't think they're going to get, but they have a, they have a tough schedule. They get, uh, they do get Montana at home. They, uh, they get Weber state at home and they get Montana state at home. So the three of the other top four in the conference, they all get on that red turf, uh, red turf in Cheney, and then they get to go to UC Davis, and nobody really knows if UC Davis uh, goes back to where they were a couple of years ago. So it's kind of an unknown there. But um, tough schedule. At least they get everybody at home, which is huge for them yeah. this year. So I, I have them at eight as well. Um, I have them beating uh, Montana. I have them beating Western Illinois, Central Washington, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, Idaho. Uh, I have them losing to Weber. I have them uh, getting Davis and I have them getting Portland state for eight. All right. Um, I will see. It'd be a nice little uh, swan song for those uh, Eastern Washington Eagles. Um, gonna, I mean, clearly going to be one of the top teams in, in the conference. Um, and, uh, you know, every year just with the, with the 13 teams uh, and the way things get scheduled, um, it's always going to be a bit wacky, but I think they're going to be competing for a spot at least early on in other team, clearly competing for the uh, uh, top of the league. Uh, Weber state. They and let me, them. let me interrupt right there. Because oh, sure. I want Please. people to think that we are the best, you know, big sky podcast out there. It was Jake Constantine, Jake Constantine. He went to Washington state. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it there. Transferred over to rice. Ooh. Oh, that's right. So that is, we probably forgot his name and everything because uh, he stayed, you know, close in the Northwest, you know, the PAC Northwest went to Wazoo, wasn't going to get any time there, which is the weirdest transfer I've still ever remember. Someone, a not great quarterback at Weber State trying to go PAC 12 um, with, you know, an air raid offense like that with Rolovich up there coaching uh, for the time being. Yeah. Uh, And then now transferring down to Rice, which is probably why we forgot about him. It was weird. And he basically just ended his career by transferring twice. um, And he's dead to us. So yeah, that was Jake Constantine. So (laughs) Weber state guys, you do not need to respond to that. It was Jake Constantine. We worked together to get it. I said, Jake bear Mm -hmm. said, bear tycoon said Constantine. We got it. Um, 
And that that's yeah, that is how we end that Jay Constantine conversation. It's right a little there. fun game we play where between the two of us, we know we know the names of most athletes in the Big Sky Conference. Um, yes. Uh, but you know, so Constantine with Weber State, um, good fact check, Nick. They are they are they are you know supposed to be tops in the Big Sky. Coaches media have them number one, nationally ranked in the top ten in the stats poll, the hero poll, uh, and the coaches poll. Um, Jay Hill has been pretty dominant as, as coach there. They've had at least a share of the Big Sky title since and he, 2017. And they Weber State won. retained him through all of this, where yes. there was a lot of changes basically two years of not real football in the FCS. They retained him. He didn't go up a level. That's huge for Weber State to, to keep a guy like that, especially when there was so much time between meaningful football. Yep. And I think, you know, my guess with, with Jay Hill is he has, he's not just looking to move up. He has a, a tier of teams that he wants to jump to and will be picky about kind of where he jumps to. He'll eventually go. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I don't think he's going to jump for like a co-assistant uh, coordinator position. Um, but I think, you know, Weber state, they won the spring season. They were top dog in the spring season, but then lost out in the first round of the playoffs to Southern Illinois. And I think that's just kind of been the knock on them for a long time. Always have a solid team. Don't really have much of a, a playoff resume that they can be proud of. Um, and at a certain point, do you want to be a good big sky team or do you want to be a good national team? Um, that's going to be something Weber has to answer this year. Uh, they have a few you know, exciting players coming in. Josh Davis um, on the wall running back. He's on the Walter Payton watch list. Um, Rashid Shahid wide receiver um, is you know, stats preseason, all American. He's, preseason all big sky as a return specialist uh and they, they always have a solid defense including with uh, uh connor mortensen at linebacker preseason all big sky uh looking at their schedule it also seems like a pretty winnable ish schedule they have three fcs wins i can mark them down for guaranteed against teams uh that have a sagarin rating of 200 or worse um which is pretty incredible dixie state cal poly and unc they're going to play those three teams. They're going to smoke those three teams, even though two of them are on the road. Um, uh, you know, they're out of conference. Utah, FBS team, a little money game. Uh, Ranked Utah's, number 24 right now. Yeah. I mean, they are a legit program. Um, that's that, yeah, that'll obviously be a loss. That's this Thursday. I mean, then hats off to them. They're playing James Madison. I yeah, love that's when a cool the, game. I love when the FCS, like top FCS teams, meet in the in the uh uh out of conference so good yep. on them for scheduling that game and and it's a 5 p.m or i'm sorry a 6 p.m mountain time on espn plus game uh, under the lights against james madison there's so that is that's saturday september 18th you know the weather's starting to change that Love is it. going to be when you know that's going to be such a cool pre-conference game with huge playoff implications um, and ranking uh, implications in the FCS. And that is going to be one that, you know, everybody in the big sky is going to be watching on that Saturday night for sure. For sure. And so, you know, it, they can lose that game and it's not like no one's going to judge them for losing that game against James Madison. But one thing that uh, Weber State fans should keep an eye on is they have a, a bye week go on October 9th. And there's a possibility that they go into that by a week without having a good FCS win on their schedule. You know, Davis is a middle of the pack, big sky team. We don't really know where they are, but that's definitely a game they could lose. Um, 
And so just kind of looking at their schedule, they'd have wins against Dixie State, Cal Poly. I think we both agree on that. You can't feel too good about those wins, about like the future of your program. They'll have a loss at Utah. Um, if they drop both those James Madison and UC Davis games, that could get a little iffy, especially the strength of their schedule coming off that bye week, Montana State, Eastern Washington. Um, just what you don't want to do is be in a position where you have to win your last four games to get into the playoffs. Um, and we, I could see Weber state being there. Um, the other, you know, they also play Montana state. Um, that's a Which is another night. fantastic, it's awesome. fantastic scheduling game for Weber state and Montana state fans on ESPNU at 7 PM Friday sorry, night game. time, Friday night Friday game night is going game. to be fantastic. Yeah. So, um, it's an exciting season for Weber state. I think, you know, kind of hit everything there. It'd be a shock to me. And I think to you, if they don't make the playoffs this year. Um, and we, I only bring up kind of that, that October 9th bye week um, UC Davis potential loss, just to, just to put a little flag out there that um, things might get a, <laughs> a little, little uncomfortable. A little in, tickler file. In, 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 uh, in uh, Weber state. If, if that UC Davis game goes sideways. And I, the one thing I noticed from, and again, I, we, we know looking back to a previous season and seeing how they performed against certain teams is, usually worthless uh, with changes to personnel to all that kind of stuff with probably not a ton of turnover though, from the spring 2020 season into this one with extra years of eligibility. Um, you know, they didn't really blow out any of their opponents, which is, I thought was interesting. They did get Idaho state by like 28 points in their first game, but only a yeah. five point win over Davis five point win over uh, NAU three point win over Southern Utah, five point win over Idaho state. And then they lost by three to Southern Illinois. It's either going to, it's either a kind of barometer that they are not the you know dominant team that we're expecting them to be, or that season is going to actually give them a lot of experience in playing in close games, closing things out. And so I didn't see a ton of benefit in playing in that spring season, but when you look at how Weber state did last year in that spring season, and maybe some of that growth they could have had for some of their younger players, confidence, closing out games to have an undefeated, you know, abbreviated spring regular season that included two postponed games to Cal poly or canceled games to Cal poly. I should say, Um, you know, that this might be the team that that spring season helped the most in terms of growth and getting something valuable out of that spring season, which, which makes me think they are going to get Davis uh, when they play them. I think they do go into that bye week um, with that Davis win under their belt. Um, and that was what I was doing when I was doing my, my small amount of research to get back into the swing of things was that impressive close. I mean, they weren't great teams they were playing, but they closed the games out. They got the W's yeah. and maybe that helps them with, when they get into some closer games, you know, against teams like James Madison, Montana state, Eastern Washington, um, yeah, I, know, think that, the, I think that's right. And I think that, you know, oftentimes we'll, we'll hype up teams that low, let, you know, well, they lost a lot of close games last year, so they're better than their record, um, you know, shows they are. But winning close games like that, that's a skill that good teams have. And, you know, there's probably a certain percentage of luck that goes into it, but I think there's more skill. Weber State has shown consistently over the years that they are uh, uh, able to win games when they need to. Um, but I think what's lacking from them is any real postseason success. Um, and I mean, what a, what a huge disappointment, uh, to lose in the first round in this weird spring tournament that they had, um, last year. Cause that, if they made a little run there, um, I think there'd be a lot more optimism about this team, but uh, yeah, I think they're going to be really solid. I have them down for nine wins. The only loss is coming 
uh, at, at Utah and uh, uh, against James Madison. Um, and yeah, I, I think they're the top team in the big sky. That's not going out on the limb because everyone else, the coaches, media, most national riders uh, feel the same way, but Nate, how many wins do you have them for? You know, I have them losing at Utah. I have them losing James Madison. I think they're going to lose on the road at Eastern. I think Eastern knocks them off um, yeah. in Cheney. You know, I'm withholding judgment on the Montana State game. That one's <laughs> going to be, you know, I hate to, you know, I think Weber State's obviously the better team and Montana State has so many unknowns and we'll get to them obviously, but so many unknowns not playing in the spring season, new coach, all yeah. of that sort of stuff. I don't know about that Weber State-Montana State game, but I think it's going to be, regardless, it's going to be an awesome one to watch under the lights you know, uh, on ESPNU, that's not going to be the ESPN plus That's an actual ESPNU game nationally televised. That's so awesome. Bars across the country will have that game on like it is it's at 8 PM on mountain time. Yeah. That game is going to be on at 10 PM yeah. on the East coast when everything else is done. There might be a Hawaii game on maybe. I love um, it. If I Hawaii wish we could see home, Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could see like how much money is being bet on these games. Uh, the ESPN games fun. compared to, um, uh, you know, past seasons. And I wish we could see how many people were watching them. Cause yeah, that that's the big difference is if you go to a bar, they did not have on Pluto TV, but they are going to have on ESPNU. We have a handful of games on there. Most bars have the ESPN plus package. It's just going to be, it's and, gonna be awesome. And there's going to be people chasing their losses from earlier yes. in the slate of games and the FBS. They are going to see that they get one more shot at making their money back. So they don't have to yep. pay their bookie on Sunday or Monday after their NFL betting. So they are going to be looking at this Weber state, Montana state game on the 15th. That's going to be such a fun game. That's, you know, the second most important and second most exciting game on obviously Montana state schedule. Um, and that's going to be a fun one against Weber and hopefully, you know, Montana State comes out of that with a W. But, you know, I have them getting the Dixie State, Davis, Pauley, Idaho State, Portland State, Southern Utah, and Colorado games. I have them with the eight wins. Okay. Um, that's what that year, you went know. over Montana State, but you're that's just kind of your piece well, like that win. You know, you know, maybe they they beat Eastern and lose to Montana State. <laughs> okay. You know, it's one of those uh, yeah. I leave some room for a little flip-flop there. Maybe one yeah. that I missed. Yeah, exactly. So um, but they're going to be a solid team. They are. Jay Hill's a solid coach. They've had, a, like you said, a share of the BCS title since 2017. So three real years, 17, 18, wolf in 19. Um, yep. So it's pretty, it's a pretty, it's an impressive program, obviously down there in, in Utah. And, uh, I don't think they lost a step or anything like that. So I see them, you know, being up there, they're going to be the toughest one. Um, and they're the big dog right now in the big sky conference. You have to knock them off if you're going to take that championship. So hopefully the cats can do that, but it's a very formidable team, obviously with the uh, number one ranking in the big sky and the coaches poll and top 10 and all the other national polls that really, you know, obviously don't mean nothing. They don't mean anything, but they're the national media also loves them as well. Yep. Yep. All right. So eight wins for Weber. I have them down as nine. Let's go through in our random generator. We spent a lot of time on, on those first three teams because we love Idaho guys and then Eastern Weber. Um, we think are going to be pretty good. The next few teams. And all a can, part of the, all a part of the, um, our little network, our big sky, big sky podcast network, big yeah. sky podcast network. So we do like to spend time with those uh, because we do get to interact with those fans, probably the most out of any of them besides obviously the Montana state and Montana fans. So it's really fun to, to really dive into those teams a little bit more for sure. Yep. And uh, the next few teams, I think they're going to be bad. We don't really have much of a presence uh, with the, with the network and these guys. Um, so I think 
you know, we had a goal of five minutes per team. Let's get that average back to where we wanted to. Let's just spend a couple minutes on each of these Portland state, um, you know, picked to be number 10 in the media coaches poll. Um, this is Bruce Barnum's, uh, I think his seventh season at 21, 37. It's pretty underwhelming. They're out of conference schedule. It's such a mess. We're not going to know too much about them um, until that game against the cats on September 25th. They do they're at Hawaii this Saturday, then at Washington state. Um, and then a D2 uh, game against Western Oregon. Interestingly about Portland State, um, despite you know not a ton of success with their football program, they do have a lot of success with FBS teams, um, including wins. Last time they played Hawaii, they beat Hawaii back in 2000. The last time they played Washington State, uh, they beat Washington State back in 2015. Also in 2015, you'll remember that uh, they demolished one of my favorite stories. One of my yeah. favorite stories about, and Portland we had just, State. I went back and found the Montana mint uh, newsletter on it because it was so much fun. Uh, when this happened, they won two FBS games that year, uh, Washington state. And then they beat North Texas 66 to seven. They beat North Texas so bad that year that the coach was fired right after the game immediately after the game <laughs> and it was all Lane Kiffin. Oh, it was so great. And it's also the largest margin of victory ever for an FCS team against an FBS team. Um, so this is one of those teams. There's a lot of fun factoids, not a lot of fun things going on otherwise with the team. What do you think about the Vikings? What's fun is Bruce Barn. And I think we've yeah. talked about it before. It's like <laughs> amazing personality, fun guy to talk to and listen to. And he's 21 and 37 is, you know, his, his record over at, uh, at Portland state. And he's still beloved by beloved, yep. beloved by everybody who really comes in contact with him. He's a Husky guy he's friendly you can tell that he would you know go grab a couple beers with you and just and, and just bullshit with you so i think he's a he's a fun coach to watch and you hope they have a little bit more success uh just because you can't not like him yeah. um so fun guy there but yeah i mean it's hard to this is a team that i have a tough time really loving having them in the conference when they literally play their home games up in hillsboro at a yeah. high school sports complex and we've talked about that at nauseum. we've talked about it so many times but it's just it's a team that i can't get really excited they used to play you know when they used to play downtown um, at the portland timber stadium it was kind of cool it's an awesome atmosphere yep. right in the middle of downtown portland which i don't know if you want to be in downtown portland anymore i don't know how that's been lately but <laughs> um it's just uh it's a team that's it's an afterthought really to me um they it's going to be, it's nice when you get them on your schedule for sure. Yeah, like that's an yeah. exciting time for you to, you know, you're, you're always happy to see Portland state on the schedule. Um, and so except when you're the, the Grizzlies in was it 2019. Sure. Yeah. I, but the Grizz also knocked them off 48 to seven last year. So I don't think that is probably going to, uh, you know, probably not going to happen again, but they do, they get uh, Montana state in Bozeman. They have to go to Idaho. They have to go to Weber. They have to go to Sacramento. And then they get Easter Washington at home. That is a tough, tough Brutal. schedule this year. Not to mention the two FBS games you talk about, the uh, Hawaii and uh, Wazoo games. So just yep. a brutal schedule for Portland State. They have to get those two pay games between Hawaii and Washington State to probably make the budget uh, to get things going for their athletic program, which is great for them. But it's not going to lend you know, it's, it's not going to do anything for them unless they knock off one of them. And then it may be a different story and we have to go back and look at them again. I don't think they're going to, but um, yeah, it's going to be, you know, a hard season for them. I have them beating uh, the D two school. They play the third week of the year. Is that Western, Western Oregon, Western Oregon. Sorry. 
they may have a chance against Southern Utah, but Southern Utah is coming off a game against an FBS school. And, uh, you know, they start their season a little bit earlier, but it's just going to be a tough year for Portland State. Nothing really to talk about besides they're probably going to be at the bottom of the standings yet again. Um, and glad that Montana State has them on their schedule this year. I'm excited about that. Definitely. I have them down. I have them down for three total wins. Western Oregon, um, I think they beat the you know, two what I think are the worst teams in the conference, Southern Utah, Cal Poly. Um, and I think they lose the rest of their game. So three wins for I'll me. Give them, I'll give them two wins. I think, you know, they'll get one maybe against Cal Poly, maybe against Southern Utah. But I'm giving them two wins besides, or one other win besides their D2 win. Okay. I like it. Um, uh, next team, speaking of awful teams, Southern Utah. Uh, I want to just make this statement. Traitorous Southern Utah. Yeah, they are leaving the conference at the end of this year. Which they can doesn't go. suck. Yeah, it's like good to see them go, but also fuck them for leaving the conference. I think we spend as little time on these guys as possible. Um, not only today, but also for the rest of the year. Not ranked number 11 in a coaches media poll. Um, went one and five in spring ball. Um, uh, you know, whatever. They... <laughs> This is uh, they're moving to the whack. Like good, good for them. Just look how dumb their scheduling is. They they like Nate said they had a FBS game already in week zero. San Jose San Jose State oh, they got said, smoked. Uh, San Jose. <laughs> uh, they got smoked, and then five days later, this Thursday, they're playing Arizona State. Sagarin rating number twenty one. They're going to get smoked there, and then they have their bye week. They also have a bye week the last week of the season because they have that week zero game. So they have two in the middle. It's just so stupid. I'm glad to see them go. That's all I have to say on them. I think they win uh, zero games this year. The one that they have a chance at um, would be Tarleton State, um, who's one of the worst FBS teams overall. But uh, uh, I think karma comes back, bites Southern Utah. Zero wins for me. Nate, what do you got? What do you got for the Thunderbirds? Like you, I didn't like them when they joined uh, the conference because it was kind of the start of that too many teams screwing up our scheduling, making it just annoying to try and figure out who you're playing every single year and the, the schedule being super unbalanced. So I never really liked it when they came into the league. I don't really give a shit that they're leaving the league. Um, but uh, yeah, the one thing I, uh, the only thing I really, I take from it is the Tex, the uh, Tarleton State Texans. Um they are now division one. They're going to be going into the whack. I think they just moved up from division two a few years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. They threw the 2019 season, they were division two. Then all of a sudden they came up, they are going to do this year uh, as an FCS school. And then they are joining that whack uh, membership there. They can't even get it. Tarleton state is ineligible for the FCS playoffs until 2024 due oh, to the wow. transfer rules of coming up from division two. So uh, they've had a team since 1904 though, which is kind of crazy. Like Tarleton state has been around a while. They're from Stevensville, Texas, Stephenville, Texas, singular one, Steven. Uh, it's going to be an interesting, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a new school to, to our world. So I wanted to more dive into that than Southern Utah. And that's kind of what I think about uh, Southern Utah is that I wanted to talk about the Tarleton state Texans a little bit more than I wanted to um, yeah. talk about Southern Utah. Well, both them and Dixie state, I think there's going to be a lot of out of conference games. We have a lot of Dixie state this year with the big sky schools. I think there's going to be a lot of those two teams going forward just geographically. Now that they're FCS programs, we'll see a lot more of them uh, in the years to come. So more factoids coming for both them. Uh, but how do you, how, what do you feel like if you're a Tarleton Texans player and you can't make the playoffs until 2024, like, what do you, what are you playing for at this point? Um, so you're a freshman this year in 2021 yeah. 
that's your senior year that you could maybe make the playoffs if you're good enough in the whack. Like that's just a tough. Well, I think there's a reason that they're ranked to be one of the worst FCS teams. Just not getting the recruits. Yeah. Um, And I think that, you know, they'll, I think the plan is probably to turn that around eventually. Um, But yeah, I think I'd imagine the kids that they're getting there made the, made the, did the mental math on, do I want to be in a competitive D2 school or a crummy FCS program? And, um, you know, I don't think crowd wise, there's probably much of a difference. Yeah. So, um, I, and then, like you said, we're not going to talk about that much this year. And the only time we're really going to is when they do play the one Montana school, they play at U of M, they play at Washington Grizzly yep. um, the day before Halloween. They do not play Montana state this year, which is a bummer for the Bobcats, but that's really the only time we'll talk about them after this exact moment. Yep. One more time, mark it down. And how many wins do you got for them? I don't care. <laughs> we'll put one down. You think they'll be Charlatan? <laughs> They will, they'll get Tarleton. They'll get Portland State. I, mean, I think I already counted Portland State getting a win against them, so I can't do that. Uh, they'll get UNC. Okay. Two. 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 Tarleton and Northern Colorado. And speaking of UNC, that's next up on our on our list. Oh, weird. The random thing just brought up that, right? When I, what yeah. a segue. Good work, Nate. Um, yeah. uh, Northern Colorado, uh, first-year coach, Ed McCaffrey, uh, Easy Ed, Bronco wide receiver. Uh, his first-year coaching is no – college football coaching experience. He has high school coaching experience down in, down in Colorado. Um, perhaps best known for recently being the father of Luke McCaffrey. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, well, oh yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Isn't Luke McCaffrey? Christian's a little him? bit more notable. Luke, Luke McCaffrey's McCaffrey. also a... He's a person, yes, but he's okay. not well. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey's probably the one you want to lead our listeners sounds... to believe he's the dad of... Um, yeah. So yes, the father of Christian, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey, probably even more well known as being the guy who wore the breathe right nose strip uh, during those yes. days of the Denver Broncos. Um, what was your favorite team? So you grew up uh, loving Ed McCaffrey as yeah. a Broncos fan. Still love him. So how does that? How does you know? Obviously, how does that feel to have him in the Big Sky? I'm excited. I mean, I think the chances of me meeting Ed McCaffrey have gone from zero to probably like a 10 percent chance, 15 yeah. percent chance. Meeting Ed McCaffrey, one of my favorite things about him is his Wikipedia picture, which clearly somebody saw him at like a footlocker and got a picture with him and then just posted it as a profile <laughs> picture. It's it's a pretty uh, candid shot. Um, uh, yeah, they didn't play in the spring. We don't know much about, about this team. He took over for Ernest Collins, who was a... Uh, yeah, to his credit, got a lot of guys in the pros. Not, has never really had... Never had much luck um, in the Big Sky Conference. My... F- favorite Ernest Collins story when we went to the media days for the first time. Um, he was uh, uh, such a nice dude. Um, yeah. Not a lot of people talking to him. So he spent a lot of time talking to me Had this like really nice conversation. And afterwards I realized I didn't hit record um, oh, no. on, on the device. So none of that ever got heard. Just a by nice anybody. conversation though. Like you went over yeah. to the kid in the lunchroom that didn't have anybody sitting by him. Exactly. You made his day. So, so that's Ernest Collins. Like you, you were in the moment and you made his day. Thanks a lot. And that's um, commendable. But it, it, it's a weird, it's a weird scenario. We don't know too much about them. People are down on them. Coaches have them ranked 13th media 12th, but let me ask you this. So they, Ed McCaffrey to his credit, brought in a huge transfer. Dylan McCaffrey turns out to be his yeah. son. Michigan transfer Ex, yep. guy had uh, you know going into uh, college had scholarship offers all over the place. Penn State, UCLA, LSU. Coincidentally, Christian McCaffrey's brother. Christian McCaffrey's brother, also Luke McCaffrey's brother, At, also Luke McCaffrey's brother. Um, 
they've had a lot of FBS guys come down to Northern Colorado. So it's just kind of one of these things where they're supposed to be terrible. Uh, everyone expects them to be bad, but with this influx of talent and a coach that we don't have any real tape on, um, a chance for them to be frisky is all I'll say. They're definitely the, they're definitely what I circled when I was preparing for this was the friskiest team of the year for me. So many unknowns, like you talked about a brand new head coach, a guy with an NFL name, NFL pedigree, obviously super athletic sons. He brought them up and probably coached them up himself to become what you mean. You know, Chris McCaffrey is the number one draft pick in all fantasy drafts coming off the board first everywhere. Just an unbelievable talent. He has his son coming down, which, you know, not all drop downs work and does playing for your dad work. You know, there's success stories, there's failures that have come from that. But I think uh, they're, the, they're just, it's going to be interesting to see what he can bring to the table. But like you noted, no college coaching experience. He was a hell of a talent in the NFL. He coached well in high school, but no college football, you know, coaching experience. Yeah. Does that hinder them? And, you know, it's Northern Colorado. I mean, how you're getting some of this drop down talent for name recognition and thank God his, Son is giving him that recognition. Christian McCaffrey is giving that recognition because by now these players that are getting recruiting and are going, you know, committing to different places, nobody knows who Ed McCaffrey is. The kids that are, yeah. you know, 17, 18, that's our age bracket. We knew who yeah. Ed McCaffrey was. So Christian McCaffrey, I think, is who he has to thank for all of his recruiting successes <laughs> and for yeah. getting that name recognition out there. So um but I think, you know, one reason maybe someone would want to go there is just in case, you know, maybe Christian has a game in Denver, comes up on Saturday to see his dad coaching Greeley, and people get to meet Christian McCaffrey in a stadium of 400 people, which is probably yeah. going to be the closest you're going to get to seeing Christian McCaffrey um, on the street, you know? Yep. Yep. I think that's, I think that's a big part of it. Um, also, so he hired his son, Max McCaffrey, he's the offensive coordinator. So we have three McCaffrey's on staff. It's not unusual to see fathers, sons coaching, um, uh, it's always kind of weird to me. Like, I think it's kind of weird that the McCaffrey family has this stranglehold over Northern Colorado. (laughs) Over Greeley, like a Greeley, a Greeley land grab. (laughs) Like it's cool, but it's also like kind of weird. Um, But I do think uh, I I really like how they set up their out of conference schedule. I think that when they go into uh, Bozeman on October 2nd, I think Northern Colorado is going to be three and one. Their loss Uh, at Colorado. They have an SBS game to start off this week, but then they have three very winnable uh, FCS games at Houston Baptist ranked 211 in the Sagarin Lamar 213. um, And then they play Northern or Northern Arizona in Greeley who they're kind of in that like mid tier big sky conference. I think Northern Arizona is going to stink this year. So I think Northern Colorado goes three and one in Bozeman and we're, you know, kind of talking to ourselves in that podcast about like, Oh my God, is this going to be a tough game for the cats? Um, their schedule gets much, much tougher um, after that. Uh, and I think that they end up toughest in the conference. It looks like, yeah, I think they end up with five total wins. Um, and so that is kind of, and I, you know, I think they, they have Southern Utah. I think Southern Utah, as I said, is going to stink zero wins. So that's a win there. Um, and then I think they're going to sneak one of these other games, maybe Sac State, maybe UC Davis. Um, I'm putting them down for five wins. Uh, and I just wish the McCaffrey's the best. It is a little weird, but I hope that one day we get a, a meet in person and talk about it. 
Yeah, and I think the only reason that, you know, we said we were going to kind of lightning round through these bottom two teams, we did circle this one as our frisky team. And when you have a name like, uh, you know, Ed McCaffrey on the staff, we do talk about it a little more because it's interesting. It's cool. I'm glad that he came to the Big Sky because it Absolutely. does get some get some press to the Big Sky. You know, he got a – you know, when sometimes you go to these teams' pages on, on ESPN and there's, there's no articles written about it, well, there's an article about Ed McCaffrey coaching yeah. the Big Sky. There's an article about his son Dylan transferring. So it gets the Big Sky out there. It's kind of cool in that sense. Um, and I think they did their non-conference the right way. They get a money game. Uh, with Colorado, yeah. so they make some money there, but then they also get two teams on there, two FCS teams that they could beat, and I think that helps, you know, build some build something in Greeley where you're not just going to take three money games or two money games, getting your ass kicked, and then trying to start the Big Sky season. You know, maybe I don't know how much Ed had in the scheduling or if these games were out, you know, two three years in advance when he wasn't the coach yet. But I like how their non conference starts out where they do have some winnable games to maybe get some confidence up in Greeley. But in the end, I don't think that they're going to have much success in the actual conference. You know, they're at Montana State against yeah. Eastern Washington, at, uh, home against Montana and at Weber. Like that's just a gauntlet. You are they got handed the worst, the hardest schedule of any team this year, and well, they're just yeah, not a sure. great team historically. So, you know, I have them getting. You know, I'll, I'll say they get one of those non-conference games. Uh, I don't know which one it would be, Lamar Houston Baptist. I think they get one of those. They get NAU. Um, but I think, honestly, that's the two that they get. I think Southern two. Utah still gets them. We have to remember that we're still talking about Northern Colorado. We can get excited yeah. about the names. We can get a little bit, uh, you know, excited about what's maybe going, potentially going on there when they get, like, a top 300 quarterback from a couple years ago. But – ultimately they're Northern Colorado. And I just don't see them taking that leap that like Sac State or UC Davis did randomly yep. one year. They're still Northern Colorado. They're still the basement dwellers of the big sky. And I think they stay there. Also hurts them that their bye week is November 13th. Um, so if they need to make adjustments, they can't really until the end of the season. Tough to, yeah, their bye week <laughs> is between um, hosting Montana and then going to Weber. So yeah, uh, it's probably a good time to have it after they get their ass kicked by the Grizz. Uh, in Greeley, just, you know, take one off and then go get your asses kicked in Utah. By, Definitely. Uh, yeah. If it's still could have enough guys on the roster, maybe everyone just goes home that week and never comes back. Or maybe um, another McCaffrey transfer transfers <laughs> in and gets some playing time there. Um, next up on our list, Sac State. Um, this is, you know, not A counting the spring <laughs> season. Um, the defending big sky champ. 2019, right? They shared. It's still insane to me thinking about that. Yeah, shared the Big Sky title with Weber State. Uh, coach Troy Taylor um, was the national FCS coach of the year that year. They went nine and four in 2019. Again, did not play any spring ball. Folks have them kind of listed in the top of the middle tier, number five for the coaches, number five in the media. Um, I, you know, I, I, I like their out of conference schedule. Um, I like how it shapes up where their bye week is early October. Uh, they're playing Dixie state this weekend at Dixie state um, Northern Iowa at home. And then a money game against Cal. They start off the big sky schedule with Idaho state. Then they go into uh, that bye week. I feel like folks are generally down on Sacramento state. Um, but I, you know, looking at, looking at their, Overall schedule, I see a lot of FCS wins um, that they could they could uh, uh, rack up, and I think it's just kind of a you know what what happens like what happens with you know with their new quarterback, what happens with the system now that we have game tape on Troy Taylor. Um, but Nate, why this don't I is, toss it to you? Well, this is an example of the scheduling potentially getting a team 
to the playoffs, no, absolutely. which I don't think Sac State's anywhere near they were in 2019 when they had Kevin Thompson, who another transfer, we left him off. We don't know his, the outcome of this one, but transferred over to Washington. So he'll actually be on the sidelines when the Grizz go no, up to I Washington think he, to take him on. I think he's out of the Did he transfer out of there? Because he played for them. He transferred for the 2020 season, if I remember correctly. And I don't think he, I don't think he got in. I remember kind of monitoring it during the fall season last year, the FBS fall season. And I don't think he, I don't think he played. So he is out. I think he's out. He's also like super old. He's 26. He's 26 years old. 26 years old. College quarterback. Yeah. I think he's out. I, he maybe he transferred somewhere else, but I'm pretty sure he's already out of, out of UW. So. Oh, okay. I'm just <laughs> on the fly research right here. Article from December 22nd, 2020. UW quarterback Kevin Thompson foregoes eighth college season to pursue <laughs> professional future. Oh, good for him. So the article starts out, the Kevin Thompson era is over. And at Washington, at least, it never truly began. So another one of those you transferred because you wanted to play in 2020, I'm sorry, and Sac State wasn't going to. Did not work out uh, for Thompson. So it would have been his eighth season, which is something unbelievable. But, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for Sac State because they single-handedly, you know, handed Montana State a semifinal appearance in 2019 by That's getting right. knocked off by Austin P at home, yep. uh, which was amazing. They did not play well without we Kevin remember. Thompson during that. Yeah, they did not play well without Kevin Thompson that season after he got knocked around a few times. He was definitely injured at the end of the year, and they obviously couldn't get anywhere after having a fantastic Big Sky season. I think the team regresses a, a lot without that quarterback presence of kind of like a once – in a decade quarterback up at Sac State, you know, they're not just yeah. going to be pulling in all these different quarterbacks. Once um, in a full decade, year. he played. Once, he did play. Yeah, you're right. He had, he had a stranglehold on a lot of teams starting jobs there, but uh, without Kevin Thompson, I don't think this team is going to be one that traditionally would be someone we talk about contending. But like I said, it's a very long circle to get back to this. They got handed the best schedule yes. in the big sky conference when you look at their conference schedule they're at idaho state they get southern utah they go to to montana which is obviously a tough game but then they get nau they go to Greeley, they get cal poly at home they get portland state at home and then they do the causeway classic against uc davis over in davis this year which is basically a home game it's not like those two teams have amazing football alumni that go to all right. these games and don't it's not like get, a rivalry don't have to get yeah. on a plane to get to that game no you just drive on 80 over to i think it's 80 maybe 50 one of the highways over to Davis uh, to play that game. So like I said, this team is the beneficiary of an amazing conference schedule this year that yep. is going to get them into, I hate to say it, like I'm actually stumbling or having a hard time saying they might contend for a big sky title this year because of this ridiculously easy schedule on paper. Yeah, I have them down for eight wins. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's really, it's if they get a schedule like Northern Colorado did, this team is a, is a midfield team. It's someone we're looking at and being like, oh, that was, you know, cool. They're not the Sac State of old, or I guess the Sac State that flashed in the pan for a couple of years. But, man, they got handed a present by the scheduling committee. And like we say on paper, it's preseason. We don't like to rush yeah. judgment, but it looks like a fantastic schedule for them this year. Right. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Um, Craig Haley, your boy Craig Haley, suggested that Jake Still blocked, by the way. Uh, who has you blocked Jake Dunaway <laughs> Jake Dunaway um, does not have me blocked is likely to start Craig Haley has um, me blocked. right Dunaway played a bit in 2019 because Thompson I mean he had some injury issues um so he has some experience they also have Elijah Dotson um, he's a probably, fantastic running back 
I mean, might be the most exciting player in the Big Sky Conference this year. Um, Walter Payton Ward watch list. He's on every like preseason All-American team, all Big Sky teams. Like there's this guy, when we get to Big Sky Big Takes, um, we'll be going very high in our fantasy drafts with players. Um, be excited to see what he does. Chris Hammond with Tubbs at the Club podcast. He's I, I listened to their preview. Very, very down on Sac State. I think he's just trying to get some headlines, but uh, I forget exactly what he said, but it's something along the lines of the single worst football team in the history of SCF football. He He's super <laughs> down on these guys. I put him down for eight wins. Nate, I don't know about you, but um, I, I'm, I'm high on them. I think that they're going to be competing for a title, assuming that Dunaway is halfway decent. Yeah, I have him at, I have him at seven wins if I look at it. Um, and I think they're going to be contending and they just got a gift, man. They got a gift for this schedule. I think they had it a, a couple of years too. I mean, they've, they've really run into some luck with that scheduling and which pisses me off even more about our unbalanced scheduling system is we can't really even tell, um, what kind of team, how they would match up like against Montana state or how they're going to match up against Eastern Washington or Weaver. They only play Montana yeah. at Washington Grizzly. Like, that's a tough game, obviously, but that's really the only game that we're going to get a barometer of how they could contend against the upper echelon of the FCS or of the big sky. Yep. Um, all right. We got, there's a good little talk on Sac state. We're high on them. Let's put them on the, on the bear tycoon, Nate watch list of uh, frisky teams, them in Northern Colorado. Um, uh, Jerry, if you want to put them on the list for us, uh, Cal Poly is the next team we're talking about. Uh, and we can fly through them and, and the team after them, Northern Arizona, uh, pretty quick. Cal Poly is going to stink. Um, they are the worst rated team in the big sky conference when it comes to the Sagarin ratings, they played this spring, but canceled halfway through because they just got their ass beat. Uh, they, they lost their first. <laughs> Can we three. go through that for really quickly before you <laughs> yeah, move on from that? It, it is go for it. Go for it. It's so funny. So, so, so in that <laughs> fake season that we had in 20, in, in 2020, Cal Poly started off, you know, they had, you know, new coach, um, totally just blanked on his name. It's uh, oh, Bo Baldwin, right? Yeah. So Bo yep. Baldwin comes to town. We're like, okay, they've got some pedigree. He's got some FBS pedigree <laughs> after coming from Eastern Washington. First two games get uh, canceled, basically. UC Davis, Weaver State. Then they lose to Southern Utah 34-24. You're like, okay, I mean, they only lost by 10, whatever. They're not a great team. We know that. Then they go uh, to Davis, UC Davis, and lose 73-24. to And you're like, oh, that's brutal. Like, why did you sign up for this? You probably should quit now. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Give us one more week. Give us one more week. <laughs> Cause we want to go to Cheney and really prove, uh, you know, that the, you know, Bull Baldwin revenge tour, even though he's the one that left, yeah. it actually turned into Eastern Washington revenge tour. Uh, Eastern Washington knocked him off 62 to 10. And then they were like, all right, fuck it. We are done. We are quitting the season. This never happened. We're going to go. zero and three and get out of here. And hopefully you guys don't notice and we'll start fresh in 2021. But we did notice Cal Poly. We did notice. Yep. We belong at the bottom. We'll never forget. We'll never forget. I do, I do think that there is, look, if you're Northern Arizona or UC Davis, having those games canceled on you, like that made, that was a big deal for yeah. the spring. Like Weber State, they also got canceled on. Weber State got in the playoffs anyways. They got some playoff experience. They got that extra game. Um, but it's a bullshit move. And I think there's some karma that's going to come back to, to Cal Poly. Uh, like I said, they are uh the lowest rated team in the Sagarin ratings if you look at their schedule it's a tough one and, and purely based on the Sagarin ratings there's one team that they will be favored to beat and it's on the road at San Diego um, it's the only team Sagarin wise who's who's rated lower than them um, perennial playoff team San Diego or something 
I mean, San Diego is going to stink, but you just kind of look down this and it's hard. They have a brutal, brutal schedule. And it's hard to see besides that San Diego game where they get a win, you know, at Fresno yeah. state FBS, uh, they have not had, uh, you know, Cal Poly beat Wyoming a few years ago. Um, I guess in 2012. Um, but that's the only FBS one. They're not going to get one this year. Um, South Dakota is a, is a, is a decent squad. They go at Montana. They play Weber state. They play at Montana state. They're not winning any of those games, right? No. UC Davis. Then they're on the road for two games, Portland state, Sac state, Idaho state, who we'll get to, who might be a little frisky as well. And Northern Arizona who stinks, but is going to be better than, than these guys. If I'm Northern Arizona, if I'm Chris Ball's team, I'm going to be pointing this game. Like these guys really screwed over our sprint. Um, and I, you know, let's go, let's go all out. Um, so yeah. I have them down for one win. They, you know, they don't have a quarterback. Jalen Hamler, who was there, who ran the option for them is gone. Um, he transferred up to San Jose state. San Jose. He did not get in the game last night against Southern Utah. Um, but, but he's over there. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, it, they're shifting away from the triple option team. That was their whole identity. They have a bunch of these quarterbacks on their roster competing for a job. Some of them were option quarterbacks in high school who are now competing for the job in, in a, in a non-option offense. It's just, it's very yeah. strange. Um, I think karma talent wise, schedule wise, these guys are going to stink. I have them down for one win. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously Bo Baldwin's a good coach. He was able to recruit up to Cheney, which I don't know how you do that. I mean, you do it by showing the success of the program. Cal, Cal Poly down in San Luis Obispo, much easier place to recruit to if, uh, if a recruit is looking at, areas uh it's gorgeous it's on the ocean it's california it's you know great central coast spot yeah he doesn't have the talent yet but i think this cal poly team i think bo Baldo can bring them back to where they were a feared opponent um back in the day it's been quite yeah. a while since they were a feared opponent but they were before they even joined the big sky you know that was one of those games that if montana state or montana were playing you're like oh this is gonna be a fun one i think bo yeah. Baldo gets it it's not gonna be this year he's got to get his guys in there he's got to get away from that option but i think with when you when you kind of look at where San Luis Obispo is with coach Baldwin's pedigree for, you know, recruiting and developing good quarterbacks and great teams. I think he'll have a program down there as long as he stays, but it's not going to be this year. And I think they get one win. One win. Both of us have them down for one Cal Poly. You can suck it. And we should say quarterback <laughs> competition. Uh, one of the guys, Bo Baldwin, uh, uh, this guy, Spencer Brash, he recruited him to Cal when Baldwin was there transferred over to Cal Poly. The, the guys over at Skyline, um, Andrew uh, Howden, uh, read an article that he put out about top quarterbacks in the league. He has him down as the guy um, who's likely to win the job. Um, but, you know, they'll be bad. We'll be talking about them because both the Cats and the Grizz play them. Um, but I think that's enough for them for now. One win each predicted for, for uh, between the two of us. Um, the next team we have up is another stinker, Northern Arizona. Sorry to our boy Casey Everett, Everett um, but I don't think you guys have much of a chance here. Um, they have their out-of-conference schedule. They're playing defending spring champion Sam Houston State. Um, uh, and then they play at Arizona. They also play at South Dakota um, before we get into the conference schedule. Let's, I think they're going to go 0-3 in that stretch. Um, and I don't think that it's going to get much easier for them in the conference schedule. They play some uh, of the bottom-tier Big Sky teams. Um, but you know, it's, it is, uh, I think it's going to be a rough season for the lumberjacks case. Cookus is gone. I feel like 
just because he was on that roster, I always talked myself into them being a top half mm-hmm. of the Big Sky team with him gone. I'm just and they're cool back. uniforms. Yeah, they're like cool. the they, highlighter yellow kind of, and then the really the cool on the helmet is awesome. Yeah. Their uniforms are top tier. They have a lot going on outside of the the talent. One thing that jumped out to me, uh, and, and the coaches media agree with us. They have him ranked number seven. Um, one of the things uh, that jumped out to me is like on all the lists of uh, players and like preseason teams. Their kicker, Lewis Aguilar, and their punter, GJ, DJ Arnson, were listed on all those, which is like, it's good to have a good punter and a good kicker. But if that's like the, the top highlight of your team going into the year, that's, that could be problematic. Um, I, I typically only know the names of kickers in the Big Sky Conference when they stink. Um, and so not great that these guys are highlighting your team. Um, what, what do you think about the Lumberjacks? I can't probably set out everything I need to really say about Northern Arizona. I liked when Case Cookers was there and I think their uniforms are number top three in the big sky easily. Um, so that's really all I, I care about Northern Arizona. Really the only thing that kept me looking at them or wanting to see what their scores were to see what Case Cookers was doing. He was a, yeah. a darling of the show. We never did really interview or talk to him. He never no, um, we interviewed responded him. to, I'm sorry, we did interview Case. Yeah. He never did respond to any of our tweets asking if he was okay or, or alive. Right. right. Um, when he wasn't around for the first like six months or six weeks, six months of the yeah, 2019 weird season. So yeah. he never did uh, answer us when we were sincerely asking if he was healthy or okay or kidnapped or like stuffed in a closet with a concussion or something like that. Um, he is okay. I believe he is up in the Canadian Football League, if I'm not mistaken. That could be totally made up. That sounds right. Um, he, he got signed. He wasn't drafted. I think he got like some preseason the, scout team. Yeah. yeah, I think it was the Giants or the Eagles. It was some NFC East team. It might have been the Eagles. It yeah, might have been the Eagles. Make, didn't make the final roster, but, but good for him. Super yeah. nice guy. And I mean, end of an era. If if uh, He was there forever. Was he there was another barrier. Yeah. Um, uh, but I have them down. I have them down. I think they're, it's going to be a tough year. Uh, Tough to open up against the defending champion, Sam Houston State. Yeah, and I think that what just the, what's sucks the all, the, all the oxygen out of, of your season. When you start out 0-3, I think it's just hard to recover from there. Um, if they do get a win against Sam Houston or South Dakota, like, fantastic way to yes. start the non-conference we'll, season, but I just don't We see will be happening. rooting for them for both. Oh, for sure. Um, 100%. But I do think uh, – I, I, I think it's going to be a tough season. I have them down for – uh, three wins uh, against the, the, the bottom tier teams, Cal Poly, UNC, and Southern Utah. Uh, but other than that, I don't have a lot of confidence, so I'm putting them down for for three wins. I think they get four. I think they sneak in one somewhere. I don't know where it is. Maybe Idaho State, maybe a crazy one at Sac State. I, I put them at four. Okay. Um, they only play one of our Montana schools this year. They, they get to host the Grizz at Sky Dome down there in uh, northern Arizona, so – not a t- probably not gonna be talking about them much this year unless they start to surprise us with a couple maybe a surprise win and either Sam Houston or South Dakota. Yeah, well, and I should say, I mean, they beat Idaho in the spring, but um, I don't know, just not a lot of confidence in the Lumberjacks. So three another wins midfield for me. team. Yeah. Um, now we get into uh, uh, I think the next four teams. We got the two Montana schools starting off with the Grizzlies next. Then we're gonna go Davis, Bobcats, Idaho State. Um, why don't I, being a gentleman, I would you like to take the first crack at the Grizzlies here, or um, how should we start this one off? I know you've been thinking about this for a long time, the Montana Grizzlies upcoming season. How are you feeling about <laughs> it's the Grizzlies? 
It's true. And, you know, if I went off the barometer of how Grizz fans thought their 2020 exhibition tour went, you know, <laughs> I would say that they're going to be the next uh, FBS national champions. You know, <laughs> massive statement win over Central Washington, 59 to 3. And then they come back the next weekend and they show that it was not a fluke that they could knock off a powerhouse and beat Portland State 48 to 7. Also, at Washington Grizzly Stadium. So, you know, you take those two games into consideration as Grizz fans tend to do. Um, and it's a surprise they didn't get ranked number one in the conference by the media, the coaches poll, um, and every single poll out there. But in reality, that season meant nothing. And I, again, it's one of those weird years where you don't know anything really about the Grizz. You don't know yeah. who's a running back going to be. We have little rumors swirling that we may be down to a third string running back. Yeah, well, Marcus Knight out for the year um, or yeah. at least it's Torres ACL. And then uh, yeah, the rumors um, popping up Swirling. on Grizz, uh being circulated by Nate's extended family via text message. <laughs> That's of, true uh, too. <laughs> of, via uh, is uh, via Egris. So. Uh, of some potential, potential uh, injuries elsewhere in the running back depth chart. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, looking at, so great spring, um, I, I, I'm glad they played those games. I don't think you can take too much um, uh, from those games. They don't lend but much credence to uh, looking ahead to this year. Yeah, exactly. Like it's nice to to get you know two wins. It's nice to get some real playing experience. It's nice that they blew those two teams out. Um, uh, but I, I'm pretty high on the Grizz. The Grizz this year, surprisingly, Nate. Um, yeah, the, it is. Yeah, coaches, media, both have them number two. Um, they had some first place votes. Uh, in both polls, not a surprise. I feel like they're always maybe a little overhyped uh, when it comes to polling, just because of their just because of their name. They're ranked top ten, a lot of national polls, um, uh, and they have some great talent coming back. Uh, Cam Humphrey, named starting quarterback, he beat out Chris Brown. Um, you know, Cam had a, a every time he's been in, I, I've you know felt comfortable with him at quarterback. I, I you know, the Grizz fan pod guys. Uh, I would say are comfortable with him as the choice, but maybe not uh, over the moon with him as a choice, but uh, you know, let's see what happens. He's going to be throwing to, uh, to Sammy Akem, um, uh, you know, first team, all big sky, a stud, Wal- just a stud Walter Payton. Uh, you know, it, when we talk about most exciting players in the big Sky conference, he's on that, on that list for sure. Um, and I think they have a fairly favorable schedule. Um, which, oh yeah. Which this also- is, Helps this out, is the second. Right? This is another. This is is another gift. You know, we talked about Sac State's gift yeah. uh, of scheduling, and the Grizz definitely got that same treatment when you look at their, yeah, their conference I mean, schedule. I mean, it's about it's, as good as you could hope for. I mean, frankly, it yeah. is. It is. Uh, you know, they they start out at Washington this weekend. Um, Bobby Houck will you know not show his cards during this game. I don't think anyone expects them to win this game. I don't think they're going to really be trying to win this game. Uh, which is fine, right? Like it's a it's a money game. We know that going in. Uh, they play Western Illinois uh, week two. They'll be an FCS win if they can get it. Then they have a bye week later in the season in October. They have another non-conference game uh, against Dixie State up in Missoula. Um, so two FCS winnable FCS games. Definitely not slam dunk with Western Illinois. Um, but you know those are two FCS wins that you want. Then you look at the conference schedule. Bottom this ranked, is where this is where the gift comes in. Yeah, bottom ranked Cal Poly. Um, they play uh, at Idaho, 
Southern Utah, who's going to stink. UNC, who's going to stink. NAU, who um, I was just talking so much trash on, who they'll probably beat the Grizz, but uh, I, I do think they're going to stink. <laughs> like those are those are their their games. And it's sprinkled in there. Like you have, you know, you're going to have to play some tough games. Uh, they have Eastern Washington on ESPNU under the lights, October Another, 2nd. That one's going to be cool. It, it, that is actually one that I wish was. Oh, it's not under Washington. the lights because it's, uh, I, I, I misspoke. Oh, it is. is it's it, seven, it's 8.30 p.m. Oh, they, on the Big Sky Media package, they have it as a one o'clock game. Um, oh, interesting. ESPN has it as a 7.30 game, so we will research yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> but that, but oh, that was a, that's a lights. game. Yeah. It, that would be a game I wish was actually under the lights of Washington Grizzly, but they are going to have to travel to Cheney for that one. So yeah, uh, but that's going to be a cool game. That's going to be definitely one or all. That's going to be a whole that. cool game. They're playing Sac State at home. Like nice to have them at home for sure. That's going to be a tough game. And then they have the Bobcats coming in who, you know, that's going to be a tough game no matter where the Bobcats rank at the end of the season. Speaking um, of, I saw a Twitter account um, days since UM beat MSU in football and oh, we're at right? 2,108 <laughs> uh, straight days, uh, which is crazy. I'm glad someone's keeping track. Um, so that, that obviously we have, I mean, a whole damn season to look forward to that game. So we won't even talk about it now, yeah. but, but you're right. They have a lot of, they have the bottom tier of the conference in there sprinkled in with a team. that I think that was their traditional, I don't think we've gone away from these traditional rivalries yet. So they were going to have Eastern Washington, regardless, they were going to have Montana state regardless. Um, so those are going to be knowns on there. And then they get Sacramento yeah. state at home, which is frisky, but we don't think that they're going to be anywhere near what they were uh, back when they were, you know, winning the conference and getting buys in the playoffs and all that kind of stuff with Kevin Thompson. So I think they got a great schedule coming back um, to a new season after only playing two exhibition matches, um, in the spring. So I think it's a, a great, great thing for Grizz fans to look at in terms of their scheduling coming back from a couple of year, you know, a year and a half layoff of playing football. This is exactly what you'd want if you were a Grizz fan uh, when you look at your season and your prospects for, for getting a big sky championship in Missoula. Yep. Yeah. No. And you know, Jace Lewis, Robbie Houck on the defensive end of the ball, they're both going to be, they're both studs should be awesome. Jace year. Lewis is a stud Robbie Houck with the most tackles ever recorded in uh, Montana history um and the most tackles recorded in montana history 10 seconds after the ref's whistle is blown as well Did you know that? <laughs> little known stat that i actually saw in the big sky conference notebook that wow. he surpassed that he surpassed that in the fall of 2019 season um when he came in and uh and tackled a guy after he had been down for 10 seconds and set the all-time record so it's pretty cool um, for, for robbie and, and his dad too i'm glad his dad got to share that with him yeah and, uh, i do i do kind of feel I'm high on the Grizz this year for the reasons we just outlined. Um, I'm excited. It's like looking forward to like a big vacation. Like it's been a long time since we've had a real big sky conference football season. I'm excited for it to get going. I think they're going to be solid. Um, But I also like have the realization and and the understanding that, uh, you know, this is the, the, the Grizz have not won the big sky conference since 20, 2009. And um, yeah, while our, my expectations are high, they may be a little uh, uh, warped compared to what my expectations for a good season were uh, just like five, six years ago, right? Like I think a good season is them getting into the playoffs, um, but we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. I'm fired up. Yeah. Any, any closing words on the Grizz? No, just a shout out to my, to my uncle Duke though, for that source on the running backs broken um, ankle. Got to, he's one of our 10 listeners. <laughs> so I do have to give him that shout out um for breaking that news to me and then thus uh on the podcast and i'm counting up my wins one two three four five 
six, seven, eight. We're going nine wins for the Grizz. And I'm going to recuse myself from this one as a biased uh, party to this podcast. I don't want to uh, predict any wins and stir up the pot with the Grizz fan podcast um, and in our Slack, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to recuse myself on this one um, until after the Washington game, and then I will make my prediction. Got it. Seems fair. Next team up. Um, so we'll put a we'll put a frowny face in for Nate's yes. this prediction. Next team up, UC Davis. We can hit these guys kind of quick because um, I, they you know they had a good year a few years ago. Everyone got pretty fired up on them, but now after a pretty lackluster spring season, um, media has them number six. The coaches have them number six. Uh, they're not ranked in any of the national polls. Uh, Jake Mayer Meyer is finally gone. He's on the Calgary Stampeders. Um, it is, I don't know. I'm just, it's tough for me to get up for this team, even though they have a pretty favorable schedule. Um, I, so I here's how I'll, I'll, I'll describe UC Davis. I think they're going to have a good year. I'm not excited for UC Davis at all. Yeah. I mean, I think they're, they're, it's so weird how these Sacramento area teams did this, where they just kind of came out of nowhere you didn't think anything of them for years and years and years. And all of a sudden, you know, in the, in the, you know, the 2000 teens, they somehow show up and start winning some games and you start thinking of them as maybe a program of staying power. But now we're seeing those quarterbacks that came and brought them to that upper tier of the big sky leaving. And you're seeing if, you know, we all know how much a quarterback makes a team. Like look at Montana state when they had, you know, they went from, you know, Dakota Prukop, they had Daenerys McGee, they had Lule, they had all these amazing quarterbacks. And then all of a sudden, there's a little period of time where you don't have that special player, which, you know, Kevin Thompson was yeah. a special player. Jake Mayermeyer was a special player. You want to see who's going to be coming in behind them. Cause it's not a given that your team can keep recruiting quarterbacks. And I think a Montana state fan would know that hmm. better than anybody almost in the big sky conference. And so it's just really weird. It's like an unknown for both Sac state and Davis. Um, they kind of caught us by surprise when they did move to the upper. And I wouldn't be surprised if they moved back to the midfield now with some changes to to those leaders that really did a lot for their program. I, I want UC Davis to be good. I think that'd be great for the conference. They have a fantastic campus, a fantastic stadium up there in Davis to go watch a game at. They have facilities that they're building. There's a massive school. So it's not like one of these teams that are playing up at a high school stadium and struggling to – Yeah. You know, it's not a, like a commuter budget. school that, people, yeah, it's not Simon Fraser. It's a great, yeah, it's not Simon Fraser. It's just, it's not somewhere in the middle of, you know, Colorado and Greeley. It's like a great campus, great school. So I want them to be good. I just don't know anything about them and what they're going to be. Yeah. Come this season. And then they start out, they start out, um, it, it's probably going to give us a, a, a decent barometer because it's a Tulsa Golden Hurricane game to start out the season, an FBS yep. matchup of a team um, in the Sagarin rankings that are number 70. So a little higher than I would assume Tulsa was. I would not have assumed there'd be a top 70 in the Sagarin team, but one that, you know, if if you see Davis is a team that can be reckoned with in the big sky, they could give Tulsa a little bit of a game. It's one of those ones that as a fan, you're like, okay, this one could be one of those sneaky FBS wins we're looking for. Yeah. Um, so I think that tells us a lot. And then they get, you know, San Diego. And I know in our notes, we had that the last FBS win that UC Davis had was against San Jose state in 2018, kind of when they started that climb uh, in the big sky and turned into a yeah. formidable opponent. They got them 44 to 38 San Jose state, not a powerhouse by any means, but kind of like a, a Tulsa or a mid round uh, FBS team. And then they get the big sky punching bag, San Diego. They get to go down to San Diego. Um, not a bad, not a bad road trip there uh, for them. So I think we see a lot after those first two, three weeks with UC Davis to see if they're the team we know, or if they're back to kind of that midfield team that we kind of got used to them in years past. 
Definitely. Yeah. They play four teams who are 200 or worse in the Sagarin rating, San Diego, Dixie state, UNC and Cal Poly. Um, you know, I like them enough where I'm going to put them, I'm going to pencil them in for seven wins. I think they beat all these crummy teams, kind of the other mid tier teams like Idaho, Idaho state, um, but otherwise get, get uh, knocked off um, when they play Eastern. They don't play either Montana school. Is that right? That's true. And that they don't play uh, any of the Montana schools. The one thing that kind of gets them on their schedule is that they do have most of those, you know, I guess they got, they got it. Like you said, they have a decent schedule. They have to go to Weaver, but they do get Eastern Washington home and the Causeway classic is at home this year. Yeah. So that's two good things when they play those two, uh, those two teams, but yeah, they avoid both Montana schools um, this year, uh, which is good. I mean, I think they got beat up pretty good the last couple of times they played um, the Montana schools. So good for them, but they still do have to go through, Weaver, Eastern Washington, and SAC in that rivalry game. So not the cakewalk schedule that some teams have, but uh, pretty decent when you take those three teams off with Cal Poly, NAU, Idaho State, Northern Colorado, and then um, some winnable games against like Dixie State and South Dakota. So this could be a team that surprises us. What? Know, uh, how many wins do you got them down for? Well, I have them getting, you know, San Diego, Dixie State. I have them getting Idaho, Idaho State. So there's four right there. I have them getting Northern Colorado, Cal Poly. Six right there. I think they get one more seven. I think they are a seven win team when you look at their right. schedule. I think, you know, they run into a, the last two weeks is going to be their season. If they're anywhere near the playoffs and they can knock off UU and Sac State to end the regular season, that may be the things, the two games that catapult them over if they can take care of business the rest of the way and only lose to Tulsa Weber and win those other games that they should based on years past. So yeah. this, this could be a playoff team if they can take care of business those last two weeks. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, all right, let's move on to your Montana State Bobcats. You got to be fired up for this team. Tell me a little bit about the Bobcats and the new coach. Well, this is it's probably the weirdest time to ever make a coaching change when you don't get a season <laughs> when they've been there their first year. You know, obviously head coach Cho went to Texas as the co-defensive coordinator, you know, going down to a, a big 12 school for the meantime, and there'll be a SEC school in a couple of years. But that one hurt to lose him. So it's a really it was a really weird time to lose a coach and have a new one come in and you don't get to see him play in that time like for over I, mean, I don't know when he was hired, obviously, honestly, like what day it was, but it's been so long without any football to judge how this head coach is doing. The recruiting had to have been weird. You have all these freshmen that someone else brought in that didn't lose a year of eligibility. He obviously had the transfer portal things where players are going to leave when it's a new, when a new regime comes in. Uh, but for the most part, they kept all of the, the main parts. They lost linemen to Mizzou, which is totally fair. It's an FBS school. But I think the biggest thing, you know, you kept – you kept uh, Isaiah Fonse, you kept Troy, you kept your quarterbacks, and uh, obviously they had brought in Matt McKay uh, from uh, uh, NC State before, and he stayed. So there has there, there, while there was a change, it does appear that the players accepted this coaching change and really didn't. It wasn't like a mass exodus, which is one big thing you'd like to see. You know, you're going to have those players leave, but you didn't see any of those major, major pieces uh, taking off. So I think that's exciting. And then you just look at uh, Rev Egan's pedigree and what he's yeah. done. North Dakota State had amazing success, success there. Worked with Carson Wentz, Easton Stick. Then he goes down to Wyoming when, uh, you know, the, the coaching transfer, when, when the staff got the job at Wyoming. And he, you know, recruits and develops the highest paid quarterback, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL right now, Josh Allen. Yep. It has some decent, I mean, it has great success with him at Wyoming. Wyoming obviously didn't, you know, have amazing success, made a couple of bowl games, but the pedigree is there. And being able to say that you did that um, 
with these other quarterbacks, I think is huge uh, for Montana State fan, knowing that Choke, if there was a knock on him, I mean, there's several things that you wish you would have done better, but one of them was just the absolute shit show it was a quarterback during his tenure. Yes. And the fact that the Cats were able to do what they were able to do with the, sh- the quarterback issues they had was amazing. And having maybe some stability there and someone that can develop a quarterback and someone to develop an FBS quarterback like Matt McKay was, I think, is probably the most exciting thing besides the obvious of getting to watch a healthy Troy Anderson again, which maybe this layoff was the best thing ever. Yeah. The thing be. that happened to Troy Anderson's career after the surgeries, after all of that stuff that happened at the end of the 2019 season where he didn't even get to play in the Cat Grizz, the playoff games, like this might be the greatest thing that happened to Troy Anderson to come back for his senior year, healthy, hungry. And I can't, I mean, it's, it's sad. I don't want it to happen kind of that to him. I was senior season because I want him to be on the team every year because he's, you know, he makes that much of an impression on Bobcat fans and, and Grizz fans too. I know you love yeah. watching Trey Anderson oh, as well. Of There's no way you can root against him. So it's like a bittersweet thing to start his last season because I just want him to, to be on that field forever. But there's a ton of excitement going into this with a quarterback um, that has FBS pedigree with a coach that has a track record of developing some amazing quarterbacks who are making millions of dollars at the next level. And, you know, they obviously didn't get to play in the 2020 spring season, which is you not know, the worst was, thing in the world. With not the worst. I was for that. I don't care at all. Yeah. play two exhibition matches, but it's just been so long since I've seen Montana state football. I don't have a good barometer on where they're at. Obviously but yeah. the excitement is just, I cannot wait for next Saturday for the Montana state at Wyoming game. I don't care if they lose that game. I just want to see Montana state football. I want to see those helmets back on the field and remember what a Saturday in the fall is supposed to feel like um, yes. with football that you really care about being played uh, in front of fans. So yeah. That's excited. Yeah, good. I'm glad you're excited. Uh, Montana Parlay will be in Wyoming for that game. So any cat fans going down there, if you want some bad gambling advice, hit up Montana Parlay on Twitter. Um, here's the good news with with uh, with the Bobcats, Nate. I think the Bobcats are going to start out five and one. I going into that Weber State game. Um, yeah, they they should win yeah. every single one of those games. Um, and Weber State will be kind of a, a statement game for them. Um, but I, you know, if they win a Wyoming, great. I don't think they're certainly not uh, expected. Not to favored, win. yeah. But then they have a great. You know, they have two crummy FCS out of conference teams. I love to see it. Drake, uh, who's ranked two forty, that's the worst FCS team anyone plays um, according to the Sagarin rankings in the Big Sky Conference. Worst FCS team, anyways, um, and and San Diego. Um, I think they beat Portland State. They have UNC, Cal Poly. That's bottom tier. That's yeah. the good news. the The bad news: they're three, they're four home or um, excuse me, away games, um, in conference. Portland State, the remaining, yeah, the remaining Weber State yeah. at Eastern Washington at Montana. That's yep. That's a brutal stretch. Um, so I think the biggest thing there, though, is if you had to get that schedule where you have to play at Weber, at Ewu, at and at Montana, the schedule sets up perfectly. If, you, if you're being forced to play those three teams on the road, yeah, get some momentum. Get that new team and coach out there acclimated to the new system. Get them out there playing football. You could not ask for a better way to start out a season with those three teams on the schedule. The Cats do play, you know, the top – the three te- – the they're a top part of the top four. They play everybody in that the other three in that top four, but it sets up well for them. It, it is a gauntlet to end the season. Yeah. 
But if you wanted if starting a new year like this with an unprecedented year where they didn't get to play anything, this schedule sets up well in terms of almost having a preseason for that gauntlet season that comes at the end of the year. Yeah. And I mean, they could, you know, they could get in the playoff hunt without winning any of those games, right? Like if they got sure. seven wins, like seven FCS wins, um, yeah, you probably need to sneak one of those, but yeah, it's possible that they, that they get in. I have them down for eight wins total. Um, uh, I do think that the, the quarterback situation, like Matthew McKay, it'll be, I mean, there's so much is riding on, on how good he is. I think it's a little weird, um, situationally with Tucker Rovig being his backup, still being a captain on the team. Um, it reminds me a bit, Nate, of if you remember back in 2005, going to 2006, when the Broncos made the AFC championship game with Jake Plummer as their quarterback, they lost to the Steelers um, and didn't make the Super Bowl. lost to the Steelers AFC championship game. Plummer played out of his mind. Um, the next season he was benched for Jay Cutler um, and the Broncos had many years of bad luck after that. Rovick brought the Bobcats. He wasn't a great quarterback. He's not a like, no one's arguing that he's this awesome quarterback. He did bring the Bobcats to the national semifinals, right? Like he was the quarterback of the team that brought them to the semifinals, had the most playoff uh, excitement in decades for the Bobcats. Uh, having him as a backup, you want a good backup. We've always see a lot of injuries, but I think, uh, at least for me, it's kind of this like weird dynamic. Um, but hopefully, um, yeah, McKay, him and the rest of the team with this long time off have kind of embraced this already knew this was probably coming and can get over it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, to Tucker Relvick's credit, the fact that he's still with Montana state with how that transfer portal worked yeah. and like basically no penalty, go wherever the hell you want. If someone wants you like to his credit, him sticking with the cats after everything he's been through is pretty commendable. And to be named yeah. a, a captain is, is shows you a lot about his character. You know, he wasn't even the starting quarterback last year. Casey Bowman Bauman was, and, oh, and he got benched and Rubik came in and you're right. He did lead the cats to when did National he get I mean, Is that like the second, it had third, second or third game yeah. of the 2019, no. 2019 season. So Tucker Rovick, I mean, obviously his team is bought into him. He's a leader. He's a, um, a vet on that team now yep. and it shows you a lot about his character and what he adds to the team. But the, the cats would have had, I think the cats would have been a lot more, of a exciting and, and explosive team with, with a better quarterback. He was serviceable. He managed the game. He was almost like that Trent Dilfer, Tampa Bay, um, yeah. Super Bowl quarterback of that year where, you know, you yeah. had a lot of role players that were amazing that, you know, he just had to, you know, he had to make a couple throws and not do anything super crazy uh, and get those W's. And he, for the most part did that. He made some horrible decisions sometimes but he just managed the game he did everything that showed asked him to do they got to the semis and you you know i don't think montana state even if they have a better quarterback beats ndsu obviously in those semifinals but there could be a track record where they get on a different side of the bracket anything like that so i think it's gonna be really exciting to have a another new quarterback it seems like we said every year like this is the year the montana state has an exciting quarterback and then it all blows up so um, yeah well, I mean, there's like I said, there's just so much difference between a guy that's coached two NFL, three NFL quarterbacks compared to Choate. So I think that's where the excitement even comes in even more this year. And we'll get ourselves all worked up for a new quarterback situation and then hopefully not get brought down like we have every year since Prukop uh, transferred up to uh, Oregon. 
Yeah. Well, and speaking of exciting quarterbacks, let's move to our last team. Well, before we do, I have Bobcats down for eight wins. How many wins do you got for them? And then we're going to talk about Tyler Vander. I have him. I have him for eight as well. So you and I are on the same page there. I think they, they have to get one of those three um, Weber, Iwu, Montana games. I, you know, like I said, we'll talk about Cat Grizz a lot this year. Yeah. Five years without a win for the, for the Grizz. You don't know if that's going to, and this year, you don't know if the Cats could come in there and do that again with a new coach. It'll be really interesting to see on that game. So I just think they get one of those three, and they have to get one of those three if there's yeah. any kind Hopefully of semifinal aspirations. Sneaky. Hopefully they smoke them on ESPNU. Yes, that would be um, sick. And I one not... other thing is Isaiah Fonse, though, for the Cats, I think he got oh yeah he got snubbed uh, for the All-American um, or the All-Big Sky team. Uh, he is one of the most exciting players on the Cats. I love his running style. He's going to be – uh, terror out there this year so I think there's going to be some chip on his shoulder this year and I'm really excited to see how he comes out and plays uh, for the Cats this year because you know the Cats go as far as him and Troy Anderson go in my opinion excellent well quarterback play big deal Idaho State Tyler Vanderwall transfer quarterback he had a really good spring uh, for Idaho State uh, transferred in from Wyoming I, this was his first his spring season was his first year with them I believe um, it must've been because he won newcomer of the year. Uh, there, I feel like there's a little bit of juice for Idaho state listening to the various previews, reading up on, on, uh, the previews that are out there. Um, I am, I am less excited. I think that this is kind of a Bruce Barnum syndrome where people really like the coach talk themselves into being uh, a decent team. Rob Fennessy is, is awesome. Like when we were at the media days, he was, he was so chill to, to interview and like had a good time with us. Kind of knew what we were doing. Um, if you look at their spring schedule, they only beat Southern Utah. They beat Idaho in a close game. Um, not very impressive, uh, you know, overall. Um, they had to play Weber State twice, which I get. Um, but it's just, it, it, I'm, I don't think, I don't see the reason to be optimistic here. I think they have a fairly difficult schedule um, and, you know, Idaho State's Idaho State till they prove otherwise. Coaches medium, ha- media have them at number nine. Um, you know, Vanderwall's the one bright spot, Tanner Connor at wide receiver. Um, uh, you know, he's, he's solid. He's, uh, I think he is still, I think he's now a grad student playing for them as last year. Um, but looking at their schedule, I think it's going to be a, a tough go, uh, two FBS games, Nevada, um, on September 11th, and then BYU, they play at the end of the season, November 6th, um, plus a, an FCS game against North Dakota. Who's always tough, uh, looking at their schedule. I don't see a ton of wins. People are high on them. I really only see kind of like one, maybe two, maybe three wins on this schedule. I don't know about you, um, but I'm, I'm not as high on, on Idaho State. What, what are you thinking? Yeah, they have a tough opening uh, opening schedule with North Dakota. Then they go to Reno to play UNR and then Sac State. So I think that's a, that's a tough schedule to start out the year. You know, they do get Northern Arizona. They get Portland State. They have Cal Poly and then the rivalry game with Idaho. I think, you know, if I'm looking at this, I'm thinking four wins for this team. Again, it's a they're kind of a darling every year because of fantasy and because yeah. they were frisky a few years back and everything like that. They avoid the Grizz this year. They avoid Eastern Washington this year, which is a benefit for them. They do have to play um, in Bozeman and they get Weber state at home. And they obviously have their rivalry game at home against Idaho. So they do leave off two of the top four teams, which is to their benefit, but North Dakota is a really good school Sac state. You know, we've talked about them and UC Davis. Those two could be 
it kind of depends on where they're at. But if, if Sac State and UC Davis are anywhere where they used to yeah. be or where they traditionally have in the last few years, I think this is a really, really tough schedule, even when they avoid Eastern and Weber. Or I'm sorry, Eastern and Montana. Yeah. So I don't see them contending for any kind of tiles or anything like that. I guess one interesting note will be when they do travel to Bozeman on uh, October 23rd is that Tyler Vanderwall would have been recruited and developed by um, Brett Vegan. Yeah, uh, down there at Wyoming. So kind of an interesting tie there, I guess, if you uh, want something interesting about Idaho State. Um, you wonder if any conversations went on about him coming to Montana State, needing a quarterback or anything like that. And kind of interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, I have no idea of any talks like that or if there yeah. was any speculation at all, but kind of interesting that a quarterback that was probably recruited and developed by the head coach of Montana State went to a different big sky Yeah, if he probably already committed to Idaho State before Vegan got the, got the job. True. Um, but maybe, yeah, vegan, Interesting connection. hot seat. Yeah. Hot seat, hot seat, coach, vegan coach, hot seat Tyler Vanderwall. No coach hot seat Tyler Vanderwall for making the wrong decision, or he's <laughs> going to go into the transfer window or transfer portal and come over to Montana state sometime. But I, um, I think we're going to have Matt McKay. So we're good there, but yeah, interesting little connection there. You know why it'll be fun to kind of see those Wyoming connections. And one thing I totally, I'm sorry to go backwards while we're on Wyoming though, is it's kind of cool. Brett Vegan, this has been on the schedule for a while, but Brett Vegan does come to Montana State and immediately gets to play his former employer um, down in Laramie. So kind yeah, of a that's pretty cool awesome. thing there. Um, and yeah, so, uh, you know, I think that, I think they win at Cal Poly. Um, I think they win, God, maybe Portland State. Um, I want to say two, but I'm going to give Fennessey the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to go three wins. Um, okay. And I had four there. So we were on the, we're on the same page there. Yeah. Just that not a contender, but you know, fun to watch, I guess. Are you, you, do have are you three or four wins? I'm four. I'm okay. four. Okay. All right. And so we're pretty much across the board. The big discrepancy here in Northern Colorado, who I have at five, you have a two um, and you did not make a Grizz prediction, but otherwise we're basically within one win um, of each other. It's going to be an exciting season. Um, I guess the last thing on Idaho state, they did, uh, make a uh, announcement that their arena, they're putting a big multi-million dollar upgrade to it. Um, Holt arena. Um, the, the guys at tubs in the club put out a, a fake schematic of a uh, tiger striped field, um, mm. which hopefully does not come to fruition, but make that stadium nice, make that dome nice. Um, just put down like regular turf and that could be a nice addition for Idaho state and the make whole, conference. Going yeah, forward. Make whole great again, I think is what they're saying. I love um, it. And then <laughs> uh, while we're on facilities, one last note there, it'll be great to see the new football facility at Montana state in the end zone this year, taking away those old brick locker rooms that teams had to go to at halftime. Something's so been bad. around since far longer than I was in school at Montana state. It's going to be so great to have kind of a new visual there and, uh, and see kind of what that does to the stadium. I know there's talk. It's not like a massive wow factor um, to that stadium, but definitely an improvement over those two cinder block locker rooms that have been around for for years and years so kind of a cool thing there and interesting to see how that'll look with a full house in bozeman yeah yeah pump for that um will i'll, I'll be out cacris this year hopefully um i got my got my hotels booked maybe sneak in one other game are you going to any cat games this year Trying to figure out which ones I can get back to Bozeman for. None of them come to, to California this year, so it's a brutal schedule for, for an out-of-state or trying to get um, to watch Montana State play this year. But, you know, ESPN Plus, man, it's like you're there at the game with that production value. Yeah, we don't need to travel anywhere. <laughs> we don't need to travel anywhere. But, um, no, I'm super excited for this season. 
Um, it was fun to go through these teams. You know, it's getting back into the swing of things. It's just exciting knowing that next Saturday there's going to be Montana football. There's going to be Montana State football. You have that that feeling when you wake up in the morning. You're excited to get to that game time. Uh, there's nothing like it, and you definitely missed it last year. And when you see, you know, the the calendar getting over to September, and you see these games coming, and now we're less than seven days away. It's it's super exciting. It was fun to do this pod again. We hope that everybody enjoyed this. You know, it was kind of a long one going through the different teams, kind of getting reacclimated to the conference, the players, the coaches, the schedules. I think it's going to be a fun season of uh, a lot of unknowns, actually. Um, and it's uh, it's going to be a fun year, and I'm just so glad it's back. Yeah, man, it's great to be back. We're hopefully we're planning to do this every week ish. We're going to bring parlay back. Hopefully we get some guests coming on throughout the season. Uh, send us any questions or anything you got to our various Twitter accounts at bear tycoon at mints hot take. What's your, Twitter? I need to change that. I can't remember what it is even like. I couldn't even announce it on here. Just look for minty hot takes yeah, and you'll yeah, find me. What a terrible. It's name. horrible. That's a horrible yeah. handle. Yeah, man. Great seeing you and uh, look forward to the games this weekend. I don't think we're going to have a lot of W's, but I think we'll have a little clearer picture of the team. We're going to have a lot of fun. Big Sky Conference. A lot of fun. Exactly. All right, everybody. We'll we'll see you next week for Bear Tycoon and myself. Football is back. We'll talk to you again next week. See you, everybody.